Hello, and welcome to Stonebridge Community Church's online service. I am Pastor John, the senior pastor of Stonebridge Community Church. And we are grateful that you are tuning in with us, whether it's through the YouTube channel or through our podcast. We are grateful that you are connected with us and that you are worshiping with us. I do want to, as I've been doing the last few weeks, continue to extend an invitation, though. If you are ready, we have in-person services. And online service, it is not the way church was designed to be. By God, it was not the way the church was designed to be. Church is meant to be done in community, in connection with other people. So I'm grateful that we can still connect here through the online service. But know that we are hoping that you will come and join us in person, if not now, soon enough. But we do have an outdoor service for those who have concerns with COVID-19. We offer an outdoor service on Saturday nights at 5.30 with distancing as well. So I invite you to that. If you are comfortable going indoors, we, we offer a 10.30 service on Sundays that is indoors. And right now, masks are required to be worn throughout the service, um, regardless of vaccination status. And that is because we value life. We want to preserve life. And we want to do everything we can to not spread this virus that is causing this pandemic. So if you are ready, if you are comfortable, and if you are in town, come and join us in person. But if not, we understand that. And we're glad that you can connect with us here through the online service. So the way this works is you'll hear some announcements directly after this welcome. And then you'll hear the word of God read, the word of God preached. And then we'll have two worship songs from our worship band to guide you through this. So may this be a time of blessing for you. May you feel God's presence wherever you are. And may the Holy Spirit come alongside you. Welcome to worship. Welcome to Stonebridge. This coming Monday will be our last Mission Madness restaurant night. 100% of the proceeds will benefit our partners in Haiti and Uganda as emergency relief is needed in both countries. In addition, Monday Mission Madness supports Simi Valley's local restaurants who have also been negatively affected by the pandemic. So give yourself a break this last Monday in September. Eat in or order takeout. California Pizza Kitchen will donate 20% back to Stonebridge. You can download a flyer from our website. For the next six weeks of the Moses Legacy Series, Pastor John is taking a deeper dive into the weekend sermon by discussing the topics and questions that didn't make his final cut. Stonebridge Extras is designed to help deepen your personal understanding of the Bible and enrich your growth group's discussion. Starting Saturday nights at 5.30, Stonebridge Extras can be found every weekend within the Stonebridge Church Podcast. Stonebridge has been in partnership with Sarah's House Maternity Homes for many years. The ministry of Sarah's House continues to help end the cycle of homelessness and abuse in women and children through comprehensive case management, counseling, and educational classes. Sarah's House is celebrating 30 years in ministry with a free worship night on Friday, October 1st. Our own Lee Krabby and Amy Nordstrom will be providing worship and entertainment you won't want to miss. For more information, contact Sarah's House. And lastly, we would love to know that you're participating in worship. Continue to share your news, prayers, and praises by emailing prayers at stonebridgecme.com. Or if you're following along in the Bible app, please take the time to fill out the e-connection card. You are an important part of Stonebridge's community of faith. And once again, 
Welcome to worship. So we continue our sermon series entitled The Moses Legacy, and this week we're jumping ahead a little bit. We're we're jumping up to Exodus 14, to where Moses and the Israelites, they find themselves at the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army is chasing them and is behind them, and they don't know exactly what they're going to do. So I'll be reading from Exodus chapter 14, verses 21 through 25. And as I read the word of scripture, I invite you to hear the word of God. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I invite you to join with me in prayer. Please pray with me. Lord, we ask that you speak to us through your scriptures now. We ask that you would help us to understand this story of the crossing of the Red Sea, but to also understand how this story and other stories like it can shape our perspective, can change the way we see our lives, can bring new hope into our hearts, Lord. Help us to understand the way the Bible itself has treated this story. And help us to learn from your scriptures, to learn from you, and to be guided by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, and we ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm 38 years old now, and I find that the closer and closer I get to age 40, the more and more nostalgic I become. The more and more I find myself looking at the golden days, thinking back to different times in life. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm old yet, but I'm getting older And I have more life now to look on and to reflect on and more periods of life that have passed that I can't just go back to. There's one period of my life that keeps coming up for me over and over again. In my mid-20s, I had these couple of years that were just fun. It was just a really, really fun time in life. I was living in Santa Barbara. I had graduated from Westmont College and... A bunch of my friends still lived in the city of Santa Barbara. And one of my friends, one of my close friends from college uh, named Ralph, he lived there also. And we had this time of a couple of years where we just got to have fun. It was like we were beginning careers. We were growing up, but we still were able to do youthful, fun activities. We didn't have to let go of everything yet. Ralph was a friend that I enjoyed who was just a ridiculous person in, in the best sense of the word. Just a, a funny person who would do ridiculous games and could make a game out of anything. We met in college, and the way that I knew we were going to be friends was that we were in this world literature class. Neither of us were too engaged with the class, if I'm honest, though I do like reading novels, just not engaged with the class. 
So what we found is during the breaks, when everybody else would stay in class and would still talk about the novels they were reading, Ralph and I would go outside. There was a fruit tree outside. We would pick fruit, but instead of eating it, we would throw the fruit as high into the sky as we could and see who could throw it the highest and then catch it one-handed without it exploding all over our hands. It was a ridiculous game, but I knew at that point we were going to be friends. We had a blast with this. At one point, we even noticed that the rest of the class was looking out the window at us, just laughing at us because we're breaking fruit on our hands and hurting ourselves playing this game. But in that time period that I'm talking about, it was like a, a golden days era for me in a lot of ways. It was fun because I got to do a lot of things I love while still building a career and just got to play a lot of sports. Now, I'm a sports fan. I know not everybody's into sports, but I, I'm a sports fan. And during this time period, some of the things that I would do with my friend Ralph and other friends, we would go to Ralph's house on pretty much every Saturday night. We would spend the night there, a few of us. And then in the morning, Ralph's girlfriend would bring us donuts and we would watch football. Now, I confess, I didn't go to church that much in this season of my life. Forgive me for that. And then in the afternoons, though, we would go and we would play football together as, as a group of friends. We did this every week for months in this time period. Ralph and I also would go, and probably four or five times a week, we would go and play basketball at the YMCA and just play pickup basketball. And it was just this fun time in life where... Me and a close friend got to do the things that we both enjoyed. We got to talk. We got to grow. We got to care for each other. And then we had to say goodbye to it. I ended up moving away from Santa Barbara, and I had to say goodbye to that time in life. But when I look at that, it is one of those golden eras moments, one of those golden days, one of those times I look back on it and I just think it's so fun. Initially, I would try to not look at those time periods because I didn't want to be caught in the past, but... The older I get, the more important I realize it is to reflect on those times. It's so important, in fact, that the Bible essentially does this. The Bible has its own golden days that it refers back to over and over and over again. And the story that I just read, the crossing of the Red Sea, it is one of those golden days moments for the Bible. Now, we've crossed over a lot of material here in Moses' life. Last week, we were talking about the burning bush and when God's name was revealed to Moses. Now we're standing at the Red Sea. What happened in between those two is that Moses took up the call that God had given him. Moses accepted this call and Moses goes to, the Israelite, or goes to Pharaoh and says, let the Israelites go. Let them be free. And Pharaoh says no. And over and over again, Moses challenges Pharaoh and Pharaoh says no. Sometimes Pharaoh will say yes, but then he changes his mind and says no. He will not let these Israelite slaves go free. So God begins inflicting these plagues, and Pharaoh still won't let them go free. And the plagues, they escalate with each plague that comes on Egypt. All of Egypt becomes tormented because Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and Pharaoh won't let the Israelites go free. The Egyptian economy is too important to Pharaoh for him to let them go free. Finally, though, Pharaoh decides to let them free. So the Israelites, they make their way out of Egypt. Remember, these are slaves who have just been freed. They are ragged. They are tired. 
and they're trying to go find a homeland for themselves. As they're leaving though, Pharaoh changes his mind. Yet again, Pharaoh says, no, I will not let them leave. And Pharaoh sends his army, Pharaoh himself, he, they go after the Israelites to bring them back, to bring them back into slavery. Pharaoh goes out. So the Israelites are there now. They're at the Red Sea. In front of them is just the water. Behind them is Pharaoh's army. It's this moment of crisis, this moment where there's panic setting in. There has to be panic setting in for the Israelites. But then we get to the scripture passage that I read. And what happens? Moses stretches his arm out over the waters and God divides the sea. The Lord comes separates the sea with a wind and these two walls are created so the Israelites can walk through safely. Now I've always wondered what must it have looked like walking through. I mean were there little fish in the walls that you could just see the walls of water on each side? Were fish falling out of the water onto the Israelites? Was seaweed falling out of them? I have no idea what it actually looked like. I mean what did the ground look like too? We, we don't know but we know the Israelites they walk through this. Pharaoh's army does pursue them, but the Israelites, they make it to the other side, and then the waters come crashing down on Pharaoh's army because of their murderous intent. Israel then celebrates this moment. They have some of this beautiful poetry that takes place here. If you move on in Exodus, they celebrate this moment. But what is so fascinating to me is that the celebration of this moment, it doesn't stop here in Exodus. Like I said, this moment of the Red Sea, it becomes a golden days moment for Israel. It's one of those times that the Bible refers back to over and over again. The Bible keep reference, keeps referencing this. Keeps lifting up this moment of the crossing of the Red Sea, of God separating the waters. Regularly. It's like the Bible will not let us forget this moment. Because it's important to reflect on these moments. When I say regularly, I, I, I mean this is very, very frequent. So just an example here, or a few examples. Deuteronomy 11.4, it references the crossing of the Red Sea. Joshua three times references it. Joshua 2.10, Joshua 4.23, Joshua 24.6. The prophetic book Nehemiah 9, chapter 9, verses 9 through 10, references it. Psalms 66, 78, 106, 136 reference this. Isaiah three times refers back to the crossing of the Red Sea. Uh, Paul in his letter to the Corinthians refers to this. The letter to the Hebrews refers to this. The Bible will not stop reflecting on this moment of the crossing at the Red Sea. It's important to look back on golden days moments. I'm one who doesn't think nostalgia in and of itself is a bad thing necessarily. Looking back on the way God has worked in the past, looking back on those times in our lives where things seem to just work well, it is important to reflect on those moments and to not discard them entirely and to not be so focused on the future that we lose sight of what God has done in the past. That's one of the lessons that the Bible teaches us here with the way that it constantly brings up this crossing of the Red Sea. But with that, we also have to pause and remember something. The golden days, nostalgia, looking back on these key moments in life, 
They're not important so that we can try and recreate the past. That's not what the Bible does. If you look at the way the crossing of the Red Sea functions, they refer back to it, but Israel doesn't pack up everything and go walk to the Red Sea and say, God, part these waters again for us. They're not trying to recreate this moment. The crossing of the Red Sea, it stays in the past. We can't just recreate the past. Even with those moments that are great, that are fun, we can't recreate the past. Those circumstances that arose cannot be replicated. In whatever situation we're in, we can never recreate the past entirely. And I don't think we actually want to. I mean, think about this. I told you this story about my friend Ralph and some times that we had that were fun. What if, though, I were to go to my wife Emily and say, hey, every Saturday night during the football season, I'm going to actually drive up to Santa Barbara now, spend the night at Ralph's parents' house and watch football with them. Can you bring us donuts in the morning? There's no way she would be okay with that. Everybody would be wondering what is going on with Pastor John. It would be one of the weirdest things ever. Or if I told Emily that every single Sunday during football season, I'm now going to go play football with my friends for hours on end and then go grab dinner with them. Maybe once or twice she'd be okay with, but to do that every single Sunday? I haven't asked her because it would be ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure she'd say no. Or if I were to go to her and say, hey, I'm going to go to the YMCA and play basketball four to five times a week now. There's, there's no way. And, and you understand my point here. We have to let go of the past in a certain way, to a certain extent. We do have to recognize we can't just recreate the past. If we try to, the circumstances have changed, life has changed, the world has changed. It's just not going to work in the same way. But just because we can't recreate the past doesn't mean that looking back on it, reflecting on it, learning from it isn't important. The Bible refers back to the crossing of the Red Sea, to this pivotal moment, not so that this moment can be recreated over and over again, but so that Israel can have hope in the God who delivers. God delivered Israel in this moment. This moment is a moment of salvation. Israel is facing death, either by Pharaoh's army or by drowning in the sea. And Israel is in a no-win situation, but God creates a pathway forward for them. Literally, God creates a pathway forward for them. This is a moment of deliverance. But the point here isn't that God is always going to part the ocean in the same exact way, and that's the only way God is going to deliver them. No, the point here is that we learn about the character of God. We learn by focusing on God's character that God is a God who wants to save the people of God, who wants there to be a community who is in this world who is reflecting God's character so that the world can have hope. So for those of us who find ourselves as part of the church, as part of God's people, we can trust in God's deliverance because we've been reminded of what God did at the crossing of the Red Sea. The point of reflecting on these moments, reflecting on the past, lifting the past up, past up, and finding joy in those memories, it's not to recreate it, but it's to guide our futures. 
to help us know what to expect. I guess, think of it this way. I've mentioned my friend Ralph numerous times. I'm still friends with Ralph, by the way. One of the best things about moving to California was that we, we are now within an hour of each other and we can have our kids play together and our families can be friends. And we've still maintained uh, friendship over the year, even when I was in Washington. But we're not going to be able to interact in the same way that we did in the past. But what that friendship did for me was it helped me understand what I wanted out of other friendships in the future. It also helped me understand the kinds of people that God can bring into your life to help enliven it. It helped me to adjust my expectations on how people should treat me and I should treat people. That friendship in that time period helped me to learn what I should look for in the future. That's what the crossing of the Red Sea does here for Israel, for the Bible, and for us. It helps adjust our expectations of the future. It helps us know what to look for so that we can see God's work in our lives. It helps us to understand the core truth that God is a God who cares about deliverance and God is a God who saves. So when we find ourselves in those moments where it feels like there's no way forward, when it feels like we need God to deliver us, we can trust that God is going to provide a pathway somehow. That God is going to redeem all that needs to be redeemed somehow. That is a character of God that is revealed here in the Red Sea. And as we focus on Moses' legacy, we have to remember that Moses' legacy is not actually about Moses. It's about what God did through Moses. God delivered Israel through Moses, through the crossing of the Red Sea, and God will deliver us as well. So I don't know what circumstances you find yourself in. I don't know what it is that you are dealing with. I don't know how you may feel in a moment where there's no win in sight, there's no way forward. But what I do know is that God carried the Israelites through the Red Sea, that God delivered them, and that God will deliver this creation as well. Because what this story really shows us is not just what God did in the past, but this is a small glimpse of what God will do in the future also. This is a small glimpse of what God will do when Jesus returns and when we are all delivered from this world of sin this world of pain, this world of suffering, and God's kingdom is established here. This is a story of salvation, and our God cares about salvation. So may the story of the crossing Red Sea guide your perspective. May it set your expectations. May it show you God's work in your life so that you can have hope, and your hope is deepened. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.
Friends, wherever God may take you, may you remember those moments in your past when God has delivered you. May you remember the ways in which God worked in your life so that you can look forward to how God will work in the future in your life. And so that you look forward to that moment when Jesus returns and God delivers this entire creation. So may you go in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the love of the Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace. Amen.